You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Hi, my name is Pastor Dave Engman. This is my co-host, Scott. Hi, everybody. And we want to welcome you to the Bible Breakthrough. And we want to thank you for joining us. Ultimately, our goal is to lead you into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the show notes will be linked in the description of this video. In the last episode, we read Genesis 9:18 through 10, 1. That was about Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The scripture we're going to cover today is Genesis 11, 1 through 32. Scattering the people, the Tower of Babel, the descendants from Shem to Abraham, and the family of Terah. The questions that you should be considering as you listen, and uh, just basically be asking yourself, what does this mean, and how can I apply to what I'm learning to my life today? Before we open the Bible and read, let's pray. Lord, your word, your word teaches that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Well, Father, that is our intention today, that we would read the word, that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and teach us and reveal to us the things that are important for the moment of our life in this here and now. So bless us with your presence as we open your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right, so let's open up the Bible as Scott reads the passage, Genesis 11, 1 through 32. All right. The Tower of Babel. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, Let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the, over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. This is the account of Shem's family. Two years after the great flood, when Shem was 100 years old, he became the father of Arphrax. After the birth of Arphrax, Shem lived another 500 years and, became, and had other sons and daughters. 
when Arphorax was 35 years old, he became the father of Shelah. After the birth of Shelah, Arphorax lived another 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah was 30 years old, he became the father of Eber. After the birth of Eber, Shelah lived another 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber was 34 years old, he became the father of Peleg. After the birth of Peleg, Eber lived another 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg was 30 years old, he became the father of Reu. After the birth of Reu, Peleg, Peleg lived another 209 years and had other sons and daughters. When Reu was 32 years old, he became the father of Sarug. After the birth of Sarug, Reu lived another 207 years and had other sons and daughters. When Sarug was 30 years old, he became the father of Nahor. After the birth of Nahor, Sarug lived another 200 years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor was 29 years old, he became the father of Terah. After the birth of Terah, Nahor lived another 119 years and had other sons and daughters. After Terah was 70 years old, he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. This is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot. But Haran died in Ur of the Calderines, the land of his birth, while his father Terah was still living. Meanwhile, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Melak. Melak and her sister Izkan were daughters of Nahor's brother Haran, but Sarai was unable to become pregnant and had had no children. One day, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son's Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Calderons. He was, he was headed for the land of Canaan, but he stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. All right. Well done. <laughs> I got through it. I got through it. Those are hard names, especially when we're not used to saying them. <laughs> no, no. They all seem confusing to me. But, uh, well, let's move into the facts. Pastor, what do, we, what do you see for the facts here? Well, <clears throat> we had talked about this in a previous episode, a number of episodes ago, but I've done, I've done some time just kind of researching and studying, trying to understand uh, a few things. Number one, sons of God versus sons of men. Okay. So sons of God um, were religious rather than secular. Mm -hmm. that, that would be people who are religious rather than secular. Uh, sons of God um, would have recorded the ancestry uh, they would have also been the professors of faith, okay? So sons okay. of God would have been that holy seed that we would see uh, throughout the, um, the ancestors. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and through the genealogies. Sons of men were secular okay. rather than religious. Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting. And they, they treated that which was sacred with irreverence or disrespect. Yep. Excuse me. So, the old distinction between the sons of God and the sons of men actually survived the flood. And now we see it appear again when men begin to multiply according to this distinction. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we see in this chapter, the, dis, uh, the dispersion of the sons of men at Babel, where we have uh, the presumptuous provoking design, which was to build a city and a tower. And it was also the righteous judgment of God upon them in, dis, uh, um, in, in disappointing their design, essentially by confounding their language and so scattering them, which, yep. was, his, which was his instruction to them. Yep. So you, are you saying that there's, um, at this time, it's just the sons of men that are building this city and the tower, <clears throat> or, they, or the sons of God are inter intermingled with them as well? Well, I mean, certainly... There may have been some sons of God that were intermingled with them, okay. but it was generally um, the move once once they started to populate, yeah, okay. and then started to move. Um, they well, we'll get into that. Okay. So the second point is is the pedigree of the sons of God show us uh, from Shem to Abraham or Abram, okay. with the general account of his family and the removal um, out of his native country. So here's some key points I just thought I'd, I'd bring up in regards to, you know, this particular discussion. Um, in Genesis 9, 1, God blessed Noah and his sons, and he told them to be fruitful, and he told them to multiply. Yep. Um, what we have here is God giving a blessing that also contained a command. Mm. All right? Mm -hmm. And everyone, of course, spoke the same language, mm -hmm. and uh, they all agreed then uh, to build a great city for themselves yep. uh, with a tower that would reach the sky. Now, this revealed the condition of their heart. Yeah. And we know from earlier... Uh, in various uh, uh, episodes that we've conducted, that God looks into the heart of man. At one point, he only found one righteous. Among mm -hmm. them, that would have been, of course, Noah. Before him would have been Enoch. Mm -hmm. um, so, in revealing the condition of their heart, they we can see that they were absolutely self-centered in this particular um, display or action. Mm -hmm. In other words, they were pride-filled and lacking humility. And it indicated, it's indicated here by their desire to be famous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were also disobedient, ignoring God's command to scatter and to fill the earth, which yep. was indicated here yep. by their desire not to scatter all over the world. Mm -hmm. They were fools, which is indicated here, as we just read, by the fact that they thought that essentially they were wiser than God or Noah. <laughs> and then finally, they were faithless which is indicated by the fact that they didn't believe God would never flood the earth again. Thereby, they built this waterproof building yeah. uh, to the heavens. Now, nope. before I get into the question here, I want to run to you or run at you. Okay. I want to say this. 
uh, it was at that time that they built this structure and they used a specific kind of stone that they made as we read. Yeah. They formed brick and then they used like Noah did when he built the ark. They essentially used a form of tar, yeah. which would have made this thing waterproof. Yeah. The problem they had was is they weren't forward enough thinking to think that this was a great place to start because where they built Babylon, it was flat and, and it was Whoa. basically at sea level. I mean, if they really wanted to get to the heavens, they would have started three or four or 10,000 feet up in the mountains and found a, an area to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. So <clears throat> with that, I want to just ask a question for you. Okay. So I'm going to start it with this statement. The blessings of Genesis 9-1, mm -hmm. which is not a part of the reading today, but we read last time, came with that command. And as we read today's scripture, we can see that the people choose to do what they wanted to do as opposed to what they were told to do. to do. So as God looks into your heart, or maybe even for our audience, this is something for you to consider, but Scott, as God looks into your heart, what does he see? Yeah. Does he see pride or does he see how pride has led you uh, to chase your own desires instead of his? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I think this is a reflection yeah. question, not necessarily due to be answered. No, I know. But, um, <clears throat> you know, this is important, you yeah. know, because I think God does look into the heart, as we've seen multiple times, and sees things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, does he see pride? And has pride led us to chase after our own desires uh, instead of the desires that God has for us? Yeah, well, I'll answer that. <laughs> sure. So I think at a part and point in my life, there was that, that... Um, I don't know if I would say build a name for myself, but just like becoming my own, you know, what almost recognizes being my own self-dependent God, mm -hmm. like building myself up, you know, with all the things of this life had to offer. And I was like, well, if I can be successful in these things, then, you know, I'll just go, go on being a good person and I'll, prov you know, basically essentially providing for myself. So not relying on, on the Lord. So, um, but yeah, there was, I think a, time in my life where where I I had set aside God and just tried to do things my own my own will my own way mm -hmm. so putting them off to the side um, and and feeling like I could secure it for myself kind of like these people right well we're just gonna just in case God's not gonna do it I'll build this tower and make it for myself so mm -hmm. finding security in my own even in my own my own hands like working with my own hands so so based on that I mean can you point to or maybe illustrate an example or two uh, of decisions that you've made in your recent past where you would attribute your own ability to reason or to think as that is wiser maybe than God or anyone else? Well, I think the thing that stood out to me before I came to know Christ was just my self-reliant on my own, my own self. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and it wasn't ever just trusting in him completely. So I would just do life um, without ever bringing things to God, without ever um, even really even acknowledging that he was here. But um, just within my own story, it was just so self-centered and, and I always thought about myself. So um, I would just say like for, for one thing that really stands out was you know, before I came on to the ministry, just my job, you know, my job was something that 
sure God had had worked in, but it was more of like, you know, my own self, like I'd go to work, make my own money, and that would be the thing that would provide for my family. So not saying that was sinful, but it was just something that I felt like it was on my responsibility. Because the Bible goes on to say like, God's the one to provide everything for you. Don't worry about your daily things. Don't worry about tomorrow. So God is the one who will provide for everything that I needed. So um, so I'm just saying it felt like that was one aspect of my life. I was just like, okay, God, I got this. I'm going to build my own little tower here. I don't need you for that. I don't need you for these everyday things. But really, I do. I need even, even I've come to really start to notice that, you know, every even every single breath is a gift from the lord so i need him for to 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 do everything in my life do you have so. has there ever been a point in your life that you can look back on and um, point to that would show where you doubted god's promises for you i mean have you ever doubted god's promises for you well, yeah absolutely absolutely um I'm trying to think of something that stands out of doubting. Um, and I think more of the word doubt, more of like trusting that he'll he's going to take care of me. I mean, it says in his word that he's going to provide for, you know, the birds of the, the air and how much more precious am, am I than that? Mm-hmm. So I've doubted that mm-hmm. to think, well, you know, is God really going to take care of me in this aspect? Because it feels like I could do that on my own, but really he wants to, for for me to be able to release that to him because we want to involve the Lord in our, our, all aspects of our life, mm-hmm. not just in the ones that we get, like we think we should choose to have them. Like, oh, I need help in this area, Lord, so help me here, but not in here. I'm good there. So, so you know, in the story we just read here, what we see is, um, I guess we would say the sons of men, um, understanding that they're to uh, receive in the blessing of multiplying, filling the earth, yeah. and going mm-hmm. and, 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 and filling the earth. And so uh, right out of the chutes, they get not too far away from where they started, and they decided, yes. you know what, there's safety in numbers. We all speak this language. Let's we all can stay talk. Here. <laughs> Let's stay here, build a city, a big monument yeah. to ourselves, right? Yep, yep, yep. So here's the real question, and maybe not one to be answered, but one for you, our listening audience, to ponder. What blessings are you missing out on because of your disobedience? Mm. Yeah. You know? They missed out on a great blessing. They went and spent a ton of time, worked really hard, got um, a city started. Yeah. God came down and inspected what they were doing because he saw what they were doing but he's like i'm gonna before i render judgment i'm gonna come down and inspect it yep and so that's the that's a uh, an inkling if you will or some insight into the way god works you know he sees what's going on but then he draws close to inspect Mm. and then as a result Mm. of that inspection he renders judgment and so when he rendered judgment in this case he scrambled or uh, confused the language so they couldn't communicate yeah. anymore. I mean, if you imagine what that would be like. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Can you imagine me like everybody within, you know, the state of Minnesota speaking all the same language, and then one day all of a sudden people just started to speak all these different languages? Like, yeah, now I can't confused. communicate with you. Well, 
Right. How am I supposed to not only communicate with certain people? Well, I'm, we're going to move away and start right. our own area. Yeah, that was just strange to me because I, I dove a little bit in, into like, you know, like how did language come to be? Well, it was God-given. And then, of course, even in this story, God-given. Even though they um, they thought they'd be able to uh, just keep doing what they were doing and staying in one language, but God mm-hmm. had other plans because of, you know, we... we we read about the the disobedience. So, I I thought it was interesting. The KJV says, King James version says, "Let us make a name for ourselves," and that they wanted to be seen. And I just think that that is like, it's <laughs> kind of a prideful statement, right? Like we want to be famous. Let us make this big old city and a big old tower for everybody else to see. You know. So I think. Um, Again, we see that it, it seems like every single time we see sin, it always starts with the root of pride. It always starting with that root of pride. And same thing here, you know, disobedience to God leading into building their own their own thing, trying to make a name for themselves for everybody else to see them, right. to see them yeah. and, and kind of dismissing God again and being like, well, you know, we're going to go do our own thing. So, yeah, no, that's good. So just uh, for our listening audience, our watching audience, um, you know, I, I would just pose this. You know, so we just covered the, the element there of God uh, observing what the people of Babylon were doing. Yeah. Uh, and before judging them, he came to inspect what they were doing firsthand. So here's, a, here's some, some, some questions to ponder, I suppose. Do you believe God is present observing what you're doing? Mm. Uh, in what areas of your life do you know that you're out of alignment with the will of God? Mm. And are you willing to make changes that would line up with God's will for your life? And do you trust God um, will render fair judgment? I mean, these are these are all matters, I think, of the heart. Yeah. And I think they uh, are good to consider and ponder um, as we continue to, to walk out this journey of faith. So going back to the fact that they couldn't now, they couldn't understand each other, that resulted in confusion. Mm-hmm. And from there uh, resulted in the work stoppage. They stopped building. Yeah, they didn't finish it. Nope. Right? They began then to move on. Eventually, they just got so frustrated, I imagine, that they decided it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And those that could probably understand each other, well, they probably, in a group, moved yep. in a group, moving on. Scattering all over the world as God commanded them. And so God's will uh, was accomplished through that process. Now, we read about the genealogy here from Shem, Shem that leads to the introduction of Abram, yep. uh, which will become Abraham eventually. And Abraham is uh, known as the friend of God. The, the word Abram actually means father, right? <laughs> and then, of course, his wife, who he married, was Sari. Mm-hmm. And we, we observe the lifespans, and I noticed this kind of at the last minute. Mm. We began to see lifespans beginning to diminish in just this section of genealogy, yeah. starting with Shem before you get to Abram. I mean, 
five, uh, we start with 600 years. Shem was 600 when he died. And then the next sets of generations go to 500. And then eventually we end up at 200 years. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is kind of, you know, this is kind of what I think. Again, I've, I've been stuck on a theme here as it pertains to the sections of Scripture that we read. You know, some of uh, what we're reading is like an appetizer. Some of it's like the main course. And I feel like we kind of move into a main course right here. Abraham leaves Ur, which is Babylon, okay? And he leaves with his father, Terah, nephew Lot, and the rest of his family in an act of partial obedience. Hmm. Now, we don't really get to see that yet, and we will as time goes on in up-and-coming up episodes. But it was partial obedience. Uh, he was supposed to leave alone, yet he took his father, Terah, and, and, and his nephew, Lot, and the, and the rest of his family with him. Uh, where they stayed, uh, they, they ended up getting as far as Haran, where they stayed and settled, mm -hmm. which is also known as uh, is Sharan, C-H-A-R-R-A-N, Sharan. Okay where they stayed there and settled. Now there's a lot of, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of debate about it. There's a lot of questions about, well, why did he stop there? Because he was told to go to Canaan. Yeah, that's what I was going right? to say. Why did he stop? But they did stop in Haran, and they stayed there for quite a while, and Tehran died in Haran. So mm -hmm. Abram's dad dies, finally, yep. in Haran. Now here's an interesting thought. The name Tehran, now we've been having a lot of fun with this, and I have especially just because I love the Hebrew meaning of names is so fascinating to me. Hmm. So the name Terah actually means delay. Really? So his father, Abram's hmm. father, was named Terah, and his name meant delay. Now the name of Haran, which was also, by the way, incidentally, one of Abram's brothers, but it was the name of the town, town. Yeah. okay? The name Haran means parched and barren. So when Abram was in that partial obedience, delay and barrenness hmm. characterized his life. So here's a thought. When we delay in drawing close to God, and I'm speaking to all of us, myself included, um, God's desire is intimacy. I like that word. It's like, into me you see. God's desire is to see into me. Yeah. Intimacy. It's his desire for all humanity. Mm -hmm. Yet, even those that are characterized as sons of God, maybe believers today, right? Um, God's desire is that we would draw close to him. And as we draw close to him, he draws close to us. So um, when we delay in drawing close to God and we put it off, this is where it's so important, discipline, being disciplined, mm -hmm. developing a, a habit, if you will, of making God a priority in your life. You know, first fruits mm -hmm. of uh, um, your crop, for example, he wants the first fruits. He also wants the first fruits of our life, first fruits of our day. Mm -hmm. He wants us to draw close to him. He draws, he promises to draw close to us. We are disciplined to draw close to him. But when we delay in that, we put it off. Um, 
What happens is, is we also experience delay and barrenness in our own life. So the questions that, that come to my mind here that I, that I jotted down, no, if you're experiencing delay or barrenness in any aspect of your life, are you willing to bring this topic to God and ask Him about it? And then are you willing to make adjustments that would satisfy God, please God? And then the last thought would be this. Do you believe in the promises of God over you? Do you believe God's promises for you? Mm-hmm. Do you believe those? So did you have any uh, other further insight to this? No, but just when you're talking about um, just delay and stuff, I think it's important to remember that that he's with us in that delaying. I don't think, obviously, God leaves us, but I just think that... You know, of course, you said partial obedience, um, that he's with us in that, in that, um, because we, I don't know, we just feel like sometimes in the delay he's left. So I have sometimes, but I think that it encouraged me is, is to remember that God's going to bring us through it and he's with us in that, in that delay part. So even though maybe he didn't um, spur it on or know that, that's like a kid walking through, you know, this thing and be like, oh, don't go that way. <laughs> or don't settle there. Oh, all right. All right. This is this is the choice you made. I'm going to be with them in it, but, you know, I'm going to help them through it as well. So It's true. I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. It's very true. He is with us in the delay. But we hold the key to getting out of the delay and, bar- and barrenness. And that's through simple obedience. Mm-hmm. Right? So... When he left, when Abram left with his dad and his nephew and his family, yep, he left. Yeah. That part was the part where he was obedient. The, this, the partial obedient part is the fact that he took his father-in-law, his nephew, and his family with him. Yeah. And as a result of the um, second aspect of his that makes this partial obedience, is there was a delay when he landed right. in the... And you know the other thought, too, that that strikes me is this. Uh, Sarah, eventually her name would be called Sari. Mm-hmm. She was barren. Which is interesting because Abraham's name was father. Right. Abram stands and means well, father and, right. you know, to people that would encounter him yeah. as that. And then know that his wife is barren. Right. There's got to be, obviously, moving forward, there will be something that happens there. The yeah. miracle of the Lord. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah, I thought this was, um, I thought this was rich. I, I felt like there was a lot of meat yeah. on the on the bone, so to speak, to, to chew. And there's a lot more. I mean, you know, we we um, we could camp out here on on this. You could and, and spend some time. And there's so so much more, but. Um, I want to move us to um, application because as we like to say, what good is this knowledge that we've gained if we don't, you know, and you like to say this too, I shouldn't claim all the credit here, <laughs> but what good is the knowledge we gain if we don't apply it? And it's just a waste. Yeah, mm-hmm. You got it, but you never use it. So mm-hmm. it's just really, you kind of waste it. So um, what application did you come up with here? Anything that you saw that, that you'd like to bring forth to, to our listening audience? Well, I put, uh, you know, just recognizing, you know, like in this story, you know, what, what 
I, I like to say towers, obviously, in like in the story, but I like to even use the word idols because that's why I feel like sometimes we'll set up idols or set up towers. Um, so what are we setting up um, or building in ourselves mm -hmm. today rather than continuing to trust in God, remember what he says and doing what he says. So the application part for is recognizing maybe what we are setting up in uh, in replace of God. So the, the Lord would help us through that. And, well, and you're right. Acknowledging I mean, that, it. That, that idols, right? I yeah. mean, and that's what man, the son of men, were doing. They mm -hmm. were building an idol under themselves. Yep. But but I want to say too, like the tower was something that, you know, it wasn't like it was worshipped. You know, there's different areas where they would go to worship. The the tower wasn't a, an area for worship, but it was an image so that others would see, and then they would, um, you know, acknowledge. Kind of like you know, an example that I want to use was. You know, like Mount Rushmore, you see it, and it reminds you of our founding fathers, of how the country is set up in freedom and how it was founded. So just like Babel was an image that when people saw it, they would recognize the people, but not God. So what are we doing that, you know, we should be building up towers for the Lord so that people wouldn't see us, mm -hmm. but they would, they would recognize the Lord and they would recognize God. Right. So, I mean, their motive was wrong. Right. And, and that became clear. Yeah. And God, that's what God saw mm -hmm. when he looked and examined their hearts in that. Yep. But so, you know, application. Well, you know, some thoughts. I, I want to encourage uh, you, our listening audience and watching audience, I want to encourage you to examine your life and ask God to reveal, you know, the areas that might be out of alignment. Yeah. And, and, and look, we, we are all prone to that. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we will be prone to that until we take our last breath on earth. We're prone to the, the ways um, uh, of the world. We live in a secular society and we're prone to uh, strive for things. And, you know, there's just a lot there that we can get caught up in if we're not careful. And I think God's desire for us is just to bring it to Him. Just bring it to Him. So examining mm. yourself is just bringing, it's, it's thinking when you when you recognize something that might be out of alignment, bring it to the Lord and asking Him. He'll help examine that for you, and He'll also help reveal things uh, that you know where we're out of alignment. And then the other thing is, hopefully, you can you can see that God keeps His word. And you know, I can cite multiple sources in the Scripture that we've we've read here, yeah, where God's uh, you know, look, He He said He was going to limit man to essentially 120 years. He doesn't just, you know, he doesn't just cold turkey it, so to speak. <laughs> but what we do see is, is that the age of, of life began to, yeah. you know, decrease. And, falling rapidly. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, you know, God said he was gonna do it, and he did do it. And we can experience today in 2022 a reality. I just saw a 119-year-old woman, oldest known woman on the planet right now, really? 119 years old. Okay. Not too many people make it to 100. Very, wow. very few people make it to 119. Like right yeah. now, there's only one. Wow. <laughs> and she's not even at 120. I know that there are people that have lived longer than that, but 
my point is, is hopefully that you can see that God keeps his word and that he will accomplish his will in your life. Mm -hmm. He will accomplish his will in your life. You have a saying how long that takes. Mm. And usually um, it has everything to do with your ability to obey him or partially obey him or completely disobey him. And in the case of Abram, we see um, it did delay him. Yeah. And, you know, what does that mean? So he's going to accomplish his will in your life, but you got to be willing to surrender to him. And yeah. if you do, he, you're going to begin to see an increase in faith. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what we want. That's the that's the muscle. It's a gift God gives us. Yep. We can exercise our faith and build that faith muscle, if you will. And as we do, we we begin to learn how to trust Him and in His faithfulness because He is faithful. That's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Look, uh, we 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 say this in every episode to conclude every episode that you know there's a reality that that. You know, you might not agree with something we are talking about, maybe what we're um, speaking on. Um, maybe we've got a different um, understanding of something. and Or maybe you've come across something that you have read or have heard read to you that you're struggling with um, regarding any of these episodes or any of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah, I want to just note that you're you're not alone we all wrestle we all struggle and this is good yeah. and it should drive us hopefully uh, drive us closer or draw us closer to god and then god of course will draw closer to us yeah so a lot of people struggle but it's okay just hang in there keep coming back uh, we um we want to thank you for taking the time to listen or watch depending on um your your uh, flavor there I want to thank you, Scott, for being a part of this as always. Yep. I love, I love uh, doing this journey with you. And, and mm. um, we're getting ready uh, to move into a new era. Yeah. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. So era we do two. look forward to our next meeting together with you in Era 2. As we, uh, the, as we read the story of Abraham mm -hmm. in our ongoing study of this greatest story ever told, in the second era titled God's Chosen Family. So thank you uh, and God bless. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again for more of the Bible from BC to AD. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook, share it to your page, and continue to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.